And welcome to Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you all the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, science, you name it. If it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And tonight's main event is the state of Harry Potter fandom. I am your host, Austin, and with me, as always, is the amazing Amanda Warian. Hey. And the wild yet elusive Jekka. All right. Welcome to another adventure, folks. Thanks so much for joining us. We got all sorts of cool stuff to talk about. Everything from... I think I think the Guardian of the Galaxy are going to be in the next Thor movie. No, no surprise there. Plus, uh, the Batmobile's been revealed, and we've even got some uh, pretty cool, uh, interesting stuff coming from Amazon with the uh, the Lord of the Rings TV series. But uh, but, uh, but 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 before we jump into everything, I want to I want to celebrate some good news. Uh, if 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 you have been listening to this podcast. Uh, for a while, you know that I uh, pretty severely broke my leg uh, back in November, um, and I've been recovering. And so I went to the doctor today, and uh, things have been going really, really well. I've been healing up really, really well. And so uh, the doctor is going to uh, start removing uh, via surgery, some of the hardware they put in my leg. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to get back up and running and doing jujitsu and doing all the fun stuff I normally do. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yay! <laughs> the best part of this is I did not have to drive him to the doctors today. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I've been driving myself for a while. Uh, I'm becoming independent again uh so 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 thanks everybody out there for uh, celebrating with me just that that small little brief moment but uh Jekka, what's nerdy with you what have you been up to um so last time i was on i kind of went off on this book series i was reading called the riria revelations by michael j sullivan it was causing me to lose sleep and <laughs> yeah you're you were like thoroughly addicted to that book, if I remember. Yes, and I finished it, and it was amazing. So, still highly recommend it. But then I discovered the author decided to kind like write a couple prequel books to that series that explain that goes over how the two main characters first met each other. So, I am still engrossed in this awesome world. I'm still losing sleep over it, and the book is currently in my backpack, so I, I'm not distracted during the podcast. So, yeah, thanks a lot, Mike. Uh, You've ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you feel jip uh, that you didn't read the prequels first? Like, would have been, would it have been nice to read them in order, maybe? No. So he actually purposely wrote them. He wrote the prequels so that they they're standalone. Um, he. The, he actually, like, in the introduction to the first one, it's called The Crown Tower, he talked about how it was his wife that actually got him to write the prequels because she loved the t- one of the main characters, Hadrian Blackwater, so much that she wanted him to write more about him. So he decided to write the prequel series. So they're very standalone. Um, you, I feel like I enjoy them more after reading the main series that he wrote that he first wrote. Oh, 
So I would what? recommend reading Riria Revelations first and then reading these prequel ones just because it's so fun to see how these two characters meet and they hate each other when they first meet each other. Spoiler alert. <laughs> kind of late there. But it's so cool to see that dynamic, that difference between this book where they first met versus this book where they've been together, working together for 12 years. So, yeah. That's very cool. Awesome. All right, Amanda. What is nerdy with you? So, with the coronavirus. Coronavirus! The the COVID-19. Coronavirus! I got I'm out of toilet paper! I'm out of toilet paper! Okay. (laughs) Okay, I'll be quiet. I get to share my nerd news, my nerdness. Yes. You be quiet. Okay. (laughs) All right. So with the COVID-19 going around, I got to play Pandemic with a couple friends. I've also taught my kids how to play Pandemic. It's a board game that is super awesome. Everyone should have it, and you should especially play it now with a potential Pandemic going around. Yeah, it's a real fun game. It's basically you... And everybody playing the game are actually on the same team. It's a really unique board game. You don't get too many of those. And everybody's working together to get rid of uh, this virus that's, you know, taking over the world. Not one virus, yeah. but three viruses. Four. Uh, four, technically. Yeah. Blue, the blue, the the red, the black, gl- black and, and, yellow. and yellow viruses. <laughs> so which one's the coronavirus? Probably the yellow one, I'm assuming. Red. Nah, yellow. Corona, red. the beer. Red is Asia. No. <laughs> It's because it comes out of Asia. Oh, whatever. <laughs> anyways, anyways, enough of that. I think we need to talk a little bit of nerd news. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Ooh. And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, Christian Bale a.k.a. Batman, is confirmed to be playing a villain in the upcoming Thor Love and Thunder movie. Uh, Ever since it was reported that Christian Bale was looking to join Marvel's Thor Love and Thunder, we've obviously been wondering who exactly he will be playing. But Tessa Thompson has now confirmed that Bale has officially signed on and that he will be taking on the role of the main villain. And during a recent interview at the premiere of Westworld 3, Thompson said, in short, quote, Christian Bale is going to play our villain, which is going to be fantastic. Yeah, it's going to be good, end quote. Uh, You know, it was previously rumored that Bale would be playing an intergalactic villain turned hero, named Beta Ray Bill. So this kind of lends maybe some some more, you know, credibility to that rumor. Uh, if you don't know who Beta Ray Bill is, basically, uh, in a nutshell, he debuted in the comics as a character initially intended to be a monster, but unexpectedly turns out to be a great hero and uh, can even use Thor's hammer. Moynir? Mjolnir? I can't remember how to say it. But anyways... Uh, now uh, that that Bale is playing, you know, we don't actually know if he is playing Better Ray Bill, but but apparently he, he's playing the villain, and you know, uh, a monster turned hero seems right up Bale's alley. I mean, I think it was Batman who did say, "If you live long enough, uh, you'll see yourself become the villain." 
but we've got, you know, nothing else to go off of right now. But this is the first confirmation Christian Bale will indeed be in the next Thor movie. Uh, Jekko, you know, what do you think of this? What do you think of uh, Batman crossing into the MCU? <laughs> Uh, Marvel's taking over everything. <laughs> it's like, what? I don't know. I, I think that's yeah. cool. just kind of, it's more of like thinking it from the actor's perspective of like, I just think it's cool that he's so, he's just taking any role he wants to just kind of, I, I hope he'll enjoy it. You know, like <laughs> my, my viewpoint is when I see actors just kind of like bouncing back and forth, especially between these like, you know, comic universes. Yeah their own universes i'm like i just hope that they're doing it because they want to say like i played this person i played that person you know i just think of and where he could say like i was qui-gon jinn i was aslan (laughs) you know so like that that's just kind of where i'm coming or like you know and i was cool i mean that's kind of what i'm thinking (laughs) yeah i mean you would hope that a lot of these big name actors would have would have some sort of interest in playing the characters for what they are not just you know collecting a check yeah. Uh, but there, yeah, but there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of movies out there without Marvel behind it, you know, writing the writing the uh, check. But uh, moving on, uh, Thor uh, will have the Thor the film Thor: Love and Thunder. We're staying on that same topic. Will have the Guardians of the Galaxy in the film. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Marvel fans have been wondering how's Thor's relationship with the guardians of the galaxy, how that, how is that going to be handled in the future MCU films? Since the last time we saw him, you know, Thor was on an adventure going off on an adventure with the guardians of the galaxy at the end of Avengers Endgame. So they're together. Well, it looks like that storyline will be resolved in Thor love and thunder. Uh, according to Vin Diesel, AKA I am Groot. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy will appear in the next Thor film. Uh, in a recent interview, uh, Vin Diesel kind of funny, you know, gives away that little nugget. I don't think he was supposed to. Just listen to what he says. Quote, I am waiting and excited for my friend James Gunn to knock this next one out of the park. He took the Suicide Squad, so he's about to embark on it. Thor will also, uh, the director talked to me about how Thor will incorporate some of the Guardians of the Galaxy. That'll be very interesting. Nobody knows. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't have said anything. End quote. (laughs) (laughs) So what what do you you guys think? The Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor teaming up again for another adventure? (laughs) I think that sounds awesome, personally. I I, I really hope Groot stays teenage Groot, and then we have um, Jane trying to deal with teenage Groot. Jane, oh, as Thor uh, trying to deal with Teenage Groot. What was that, Jekka? Isn't yeah? Isn't Jane coming back into this? Yeah, yeah. She, she's gonna be a female Thor, or whatever her yeah. She's gonna be female name. Thor. Nice, Jane Foster. Yeah, so funny. Oh my gosh, that would be hilarious. Yeah, Jane Jane Foster, played by Natalie Portman, uh, and and I am Groot, Teenage Groot. I mean, you look at what Jane was able to do with these. Um, what was the her assistant? I don't know. Uh, her crazy the 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 one that's always on the cell phone. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like she was a teenager. I wonder what Jane uh, will do with teenage Groot if we have teenage Groot. Uh, I okay. I see. I see the assistant and teenage Groot on their cell phones, standing next to each other, text <laughs> texting. 
texting each other while uh, Jane Foster, you know, slaps him over the head or something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to get off their phones. <laughs> get off your phone. Get off your phone. But uh, moving on, got a little bit of uh, interesting James Bond news. Um, Rami Malek. Was that how you say his name? Um, Ma- Malik. Anyways, he, he's the he's the actor that played the dude in the uh, the movie with Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> I, I I am stunned, speechless. What? Really? What? Well, you know I forget names all the time. That's, that's what? What? What are you stunned, speechless over? I forgot his name. Yeah. Freddie Mercury. See, it there came, you go. It came to me. There you go. It came to me. Yeah, anyways. He, apparently, the dude that played Freddie Mercury is the uh, the villain in the new James Bond film, No Time to Die. That's no secret. But there's a lot of rumors going out that he might actually be playing the legendary Bond villain, Dr. No. Uh, and that's, that's what a lot of fans are uh, speculating on the internet these days. His villainous character has been revealed to be named uh, Safrin? Safin? I don't know. Safin. Safin. But anyways, uh, during a recent interview with Total Film Magazine, he maybe teased that he actually is Dr. No. So when asked whether he was willing to shoot down any speculation of him playing the legendary Bond villain, he cryptically said, quote, I would never shoot something like that down. It's intriguing. End quote. He was then asked which Bond films he's watched to prepare for his role, and his answer was, quote, only Dr. No, end quote. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you know, he could be totally screwing with the fans. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's revealed that his character is actually Dr. No. I think that'd be awesome. And, you know, Carrie, the director of No Time to Die, uh, Carrie Joji Fukajana, I said that right. Fukunaga. Okay. Anyways, Fukunaga. Yeah. He he has talked about the character, saying there's a sense that this guy could be from a large scale chemical slash pharmaceutical family, Uh, someone who's not necessarily a public face, but who wields a lot of power behind those people, and that is a pretty uh, close description of Doctor No's character, if you know uh that that villain but you know regardless if there's going to be a twist with the character or not we're gonna have to wait like another six months because the 25th bond film has been pushed back from this april to november later this year november 12th in the uk november 25th here in the u.s you know we were only weeks away from the movie before we move on to that part i just want to say he could be dr yes Is there a doctor yet? That's how well I know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, there is no doctor. So, yet. so why are oh, why are they pushing the film back? Well, it's because it's the coronavirus. My corona. Hollywood is afraid that audiences are going to run out of toilet paper at the theaters. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, but 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 they are legitimately worried about the Asian and European uh, markets for because uh, because that's really where the coronavirus is going crazy. Insiders say hundreds of millions of dollars hung in the balance because of the ongoing cinema blackout in China and a downturn in movie going 
uh, audiences in markets where the coronavirus is a major issue like South Korea, Italy, and Japan. So there you have it. The coronavirus has not only affected James Bond, but the Super Nerd podcast itself. My, 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 my corona. Oh, uh, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, I'm not, I, the coronavirus is not going to keep me from going to go see a James Bond film or any other film I want to see. I mean, what, what, what is the coronavirus going to scare you guys away? So it's more of a factor of people getting together, and there's been a lot of push. Um, China has actually closed down theaters. And if there is a lot of breeding ground within theaters and people are going despite the risk and it becomes an infection epicenter, all the theaters will get closed. So a breeding ground for the coronavirus. Yes, if that yeah. that's why they're shutting down a lot of public venues, they're canceling meetings eh. because they don't want these epicenters happening. Sure, sure. But eh, come on. Yeah, so, my biggest know. thing and I'm going to kind of get half on a soapbox is I feel like people like oh, I'm just like the CDC has what to do if you're sick and yes it says, you know, they say quarantine yourself don't go outside but if you have to go outside wear a mask wear a mask wash your hands only hold on hold on. only yeah. only wear a mask if you're sick don't wear a mask to prevent from getting sick only if you're sick yes thank you because if you wear a mask when you're not sick you're going to be touching the mask and you will still spread it that way so if you're not no, if or go on go on amanda not not just that. If you are not sick and you're taking these masks, you are taking them from doctors who need to perform surgery. You are taking them from medical professionals that need them. And that's what the problem is with the people who are getting buying masks that aren't sick. Well, yeah. James James Bond doesn't wear a mask, but you know who does? Batman. <laughs> Did you like that segue from the coronavirus to Batman? Anyways, uh, the Batmobile. Wait, Batman doesn't wear. Well, he wears. Yeah, he yeah, wears a but mask, but he doesn't wear it over his mouth. So he wears a mask. It covers Anyways, his nose. Uh, I'm sorry. What was that? It's covering his nose. Yeah, there you go. Anyways, uh, the Batmobile has been revealed. If you've uh, been on the internet lately, you've probably seen uh, the Batmobile popping up on your uh, your Twitter feed or your has Facebook feed. Has it lost feed. a wheel? It's not, it's not Christmas. We don't need to be making those jokes. Anyways, <laughs> director Matt Reeves has shared three photos giving us our first official look at Batman standing next to his Batmobile in the movie, The Batman. That's three bats in the one sentence. But anyways, uh, the car has kind of a super slick muscle car vibe uh, with what looks like, to me, three small jet engines strapped to the back. Um, That's this, definitely what I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and, and this, this is actually pretty similar to a, I think it was an 80s, uh, Batmobile uh, in the comics. So so there is a comic origin to this. Uh, this is just stylized for the movie a little bit more. But but we, we, we are also getting our first head-to-toe look at Robert Pattinson in the Batsuit as he's standing next to the Batmobile. We can see he's got some of the taller ears. I was a little worried about that. But it's not close enough to get a really detailed shot. But but you know, what do you guys think of these shots? Like, what stands out to you about this this Batmobile? Do you like it? First of all, 
I, I like how it feels more like a rich guy pumped up a car. Yeah, it really why, does. Why do you? It has a sports car look to it. Like it looks like. It, uh, so it. Yeah, a Ferrari or I, I'm so good with cars, <laughs> but it has a sports <laughs> car look to it. Go on, a man. So my whole. Uh, I, I love how they explained how Bruce Wayne and the Christian Bale trilogy, um, he got caught because he was producing all of this in-house and his employees caught on. Wait, wait a second. What's getting billed here? This isn't going to the army. <laughs> and you think the people who built the, the uh, Batmobiles in previous movies, what employees were thinking going, oh, I built that. Oh. Uh, my boss is driving around in that. They call it the Batmobile now. And so this looks like something that it's very low key. You can get all these parts. You can do this without losing your secret identity to the manufacturers. Well, the first thought I had is you could uh, you can park in a parking lot without having to double park. <laughs> un- unlike every other Batmobile that's ever come out. All the way from uh, you know Tim Burton's Batmobile to uh, to uh, Ben Affleck's Batmobile, so so I guess I guess if uh, you know Batman never like injures his knee, he could put a handicap placard in there like I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean I think it's good. I, I like it. Uh, we'll, we'll see what it. We'll see. We'll see how it looks on the big screen. Uh, but moving on. Uh, Amazon's Lord of the Rings TV series has cast actor Maxim Baldry. I've never heard of this guy before, but he's they've cast him into one of the leading roles of the series. He's a British actor. So I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, does he look like an elf or a hobbit? No. I, I can't see him as a dwarf. I could see him as a hobbit. Well, yeah, I, I could definitely see him as a hobbit. Oh, sorry. Well, isn't the Lord Amazon's Lord of the Rings series? Isn't it supposed to focus on Aragorn's story? Because he could. Well, be- let, 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 let me could. let me let me read a little bit more of of, <laughs> of some of my notes. Um, so so he is uh, cast into Amazon's Lord of the Rings TV series, and he will be taking a lead role in the highly anticipated fantasy series that is currently shooting. By the way. Um, and series showrunners J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay have previously said this about him and all of the cast. Quote, after undertaking an extensive global search, we are delighted to finally reveal the first group of brilliant performers who will take part in Amazon's The Lord of the Rings series. These exceptionally talented women and men are more than just our actors. They are the newest members of an ever- expanding creative family that is now working tirelessly to bring middle earth to life anew for fans and audiences worldwide end quote this lord of the Rings series will explore new storylines preceding jrr tolkien's books the fellowship of the ring amazon has already committed to five seasons of the series and they will spend over a billion dollars bringing this story to life. Woo! That's a B there, folks. So is he a man of Gondor? Well, okay. So so there is no official synopsis or trailer yet. But the official Twitter account has teased that this new Amazon Lord of the Rings TV series will focus on 
the Second Age. And in the Tolkien mythology, the Second Age was the time in which the rings of power, including Sauron's one ring, came into existence. I think he's an elf. I'm going to say he's (laughs) one of the elves. Well, I mean, he, well, honestly, he looks like an elf. You just stick some pointy ears. He's for mom. No, <laughs> oh, um, Isildur, Isildur. Ooh, there you go. Well, I could see that. But I don't know. <laughs> I just his facial structure. I'm, I'm thinking elf. He could be an elf. He could be. He could be a hobbit. He's got the eyes of a hobbit, if you ask me. Yeah, but there there aren't really hobbits. Yeah, hobbits hanging out in the second age. Hobbits don't step in until you get the Hobbit. <laughs> no, I know, I know, but but he has the eyes of a Hobbit. He's got maybe what, what part of you says elf? Like what part of it? Um, it, it's the long, um, the long skinny face. Okay, I could see that, but honestly, I could also see him being just a uh, just just a human. Well, they say he's going to be a leading person, so I could see, definitely see a sealed door. So. But uh, anyway, it happens. The, the, the one thing I hope that Amazon does right is that I hope this series meshes seamlessly with all the all the Lord of the Ring Tolkien films that have come out. Uh, so that way you can watch all of this five seasons, go into the Hobbit films, maybe skip the last movie, but watch the first two, and then uh, and then go into go into all of Peter Jackson's. Lord of the Rings films. I hope I hope that works out. I hope that works out. But uh, but moving on. The, spoiler alert. Yeah, some spo- This has been spoiled for me. So spoiler <laughs> alert. Okay. So it's Doctor Who. So we're talking uh, the Doctor Who season finale of season 12. If you don't want to hear that, fast forward about five minutes uh, on the podcast. But uh, the BBC has responded to a lot of Doctor Who criticism over the series 12 finale, The Timeless Children. It's qua- it's caused quite the controversy for longtime Doctor Who fans who, re- who, who, who are complaining because the show has retroactively changed the Doctor's origin story and have revealed an incarnation of the Doctor before William Hartnell's Doctor, which we've been calling the first Doctor for years and decades to, you know. They can't do it. William Hartnell well, is the first Doctor. They can't make one before him. No. Well, well, the the fans are pretty much saying the same thing. They're saying that they've broken the canon, that they've harmed William Hartnell's legacy. Uh, and, and currently, this is kind of, it's sad, but kind of funny too. Currently, season 12 of Doctor Who on Rotten Tomatoes has a 16% audience rating with an average of 1.37 stars out of five from 3,210 reviews. I'm Woo. not surprised at that. Yeah. I haven't seen season 12. I heard such promise about it. I was getting excited because I was going to catch up. Well, we're still going to watch it. I'm still yeah. going to watch it, but that just makes me mad. Well, well, here's here's what some of the people on uh, Rotten Tomatoes has written about it. So Bruce L. has written, OMG, this season was worse than season 11. And I didn't think that was possible. The writing is horrible. And the way the writers destroy the last 55 years of Doctor Who history is disgusting. I, for one, will no longer watch this trash heap of crap. John T. writes, 
Are you kidding with this finale? I thought the episodes leading up to this were bad, but this is an absolute travesty. They ruined the entire history of the franchise. So in response to this, the BBC Complaints Department issued the following, quote, Doctor Who is a beloved, long-running series, and we understand that some people will feel attached to a particular idea they have of the Doctor or that they enjoy certain aspects of the programs more than others. Opinions are strong, and this is indicative of the imaginative hole that Doctor Who has, that so many people engage with it on so many different levels. We wholeheartedly support the creative freedom of the writers, and we feel that creating an origin story is a staple of science fiction writing. What has what was written does not alter the flow of stories from William Hartnell's brilliant Doctor onward. It just adds new layers and possibilities to this ongoing saga. We have also received many positive reactions to the episode's cliffhanger. There are still a lot of questions to be answered, and we hope that you'll come back to join us and see what happens. But we appreciate that it's impossible to please all our viewers all of the time, and your feedback has been raised with the program's executive producer. They're go- they're going they're going through a uh, last Jedi moment. <laughs> you pissed off more than fifty percent of your fan base, and you say, "Oh, some of you just don't appreciate our artistic freedom." Um, no, you screwed with the history and the storyline. That makes it a viewable, watchable program. When you do that and call it creative licensing, what you do is you mess with the flow of the story and make it almost unwatchable. It's so interesting you say that, Amanda, because that was like my favorite thing about Doctor Who is the fact that it's literally exploring the whole concept of time and space. How many times have the Daleks returned? How many times have the Cybermen returned? Like, all these villains way back to William Hartnell's days, like they keep coming back. And it's just like the whole nature of the Doctor Who universe is that you never know what's going to happen. But this, it was like, I mean, this is the first time I heard of it. And I was just like, wow, yeah, that's crossing a line there. <laughs> it's like, yes, Doctor Who is all yeah, about but- exploring that whole time in space. And oh, but wow. Okay. Yeah, but- but, but 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 couldn't they? I mean, obviously, I haven't seen the the finale yet. None, we, none of us have. We should just watch season twelve and talk about it as our main event next week. Well, that's just what we of, should do. All of season twelve. All of season twelve. Oh my word! That's what we should do. We've already got a plan in place. Anyways, season <laughs> we have not seen season twelve, but of uh, but but I mean, couldn't they theoretically set up this whole thing as a uh? as a plot moving forward for me the next season to, to fix because it is time and space. This is all wibbly wobbly time. They're trying to make another doctor before Hartnell. I get that they're trying to make more backstory for the doctor, but they can explore it without going back in back there. They can do that without going back there. And without destroying the storyline that has been set. I remember when we were talking about when um, 
Matt Smith was coming up to the end of having Matt Smith as the doctor, and they're only allowed so many new bodies. Yeah. And doing this completely destroys all the workup that went up fans put into, oh, what's going to happen after Matt Smith? How are they going to do this story? Sure. And there was a lot of storyline and thought put into how are they going to explain a new doctor? Well, yes. <laughs> On that, I mean, we will have to see. It, well, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard it's hard to really jump into it because we haven't seen it yet. But but I, I I can understand why people might hate it. Uh, I'm reserving the right to. I'm I'm reserving the right to enjoy it and I'm reserving the right to hate it. (laughs) So all I'm, all I'm going to point out with is every time that these executive producers and people that are producing these properties get into accusing the fans of, of not understanding them and not understanding their creative process and not liking what they've produced. I'm just going to point out That if you don't have a clear, coherent story that has elements that are important, and when you change those elements or don't have a clear and coherent story, well, what's going to happen is the fans aren't going to like it. And you can't blame the fans for your own screw up. That's all I'm going to say. Well, blaming the fans is ridiculous. They're trying to mess with the fixed points in time. Yeah. Well, it's not that. It's they're 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 trying to change the very DNA of Doctor Who. <laughs> speaking <laughs> Speaking of DNA. You're on a roll today. <laughs> I know. Real really cheesy segue. Speaking of DNA, scientists may have found 75 million year old dinosaur DNA. Michael Crichton may have not been that far off when he wrote Jurassic Park as a new paper in the journal uh, National Science Review suggests that DNA may be able to persist for dozens of millions of years. Uh, Previously, research has indicated that DNA can only remain stable for around one million years. Yet, This latest study appears to blow that theory to smithereens by announcing the discovery, announcing the discovery of DNA from a 75 million year old baby duckbill dinosaur. So what they've done is they've already made it. It's on an island (laughs) out in the Pacific. I sure hope so. And that's why they know it's a baby duckbill dinosaur. Oh. Because they took it out of a mosquito. It's it's the ultimate marketing campaign for the upcoming Jurassic World movie. But anyways, <laughs> uh, study author. Oh man, you have to help me out. How do you uh, Alida? Blah, 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 blah. By, 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 oh, by Luel. I wonder if that's French. By Lu, by well. Anyways, okay. I, I think it's French. Uh, Alida. It's Alida. It could be Italian. <laughs> It's a Latin-based. Anyways, study author Alita in a statement said, I couldn't believe it. My heart almost stopped beating. These new exciting results add to growing evidence that cells in some of their biomolecules can persist in deep 
time. They suggest DNA can preserve for tens of millions of years. Proving water has memory. Wow. Wait, water has memory. That Oh. <laughs> Man, he's throwing some frozen two stuff in here. How does that go? <laughs> I can't remember how the song goes. Anyways. While this finding clearly points to the possibility that DNA can survive for extremely long periods of time, the study authors also explain that this is only likely to occur under certain conditions. For instance, the fact that the bones in this particular sample had all become disconnected from each other suggests that the organism was not buried for some time after dying which the researchers say probably aided in the preservation of its DNA. So, I mean, come on. Let's get down to let's get down to brass taxes here. Can we make Jurassic Park yet? That's all I want to know. No, cuz we only have one dinosaur. Well, can we make Jurassic Cell Petting Zoo then? That's all. Oh, I know. Can we have a can we have a clone dinosaur? I I just need to look and see if they reverse engineered a chicken yet. Yeah, well, there you go. We got to add chicken DNA to it. What do you think? What do you think? Uh, what do you think, Jack? Can we get a dinosaur? I think we can. We can do this. The question is, should we? There's a really funny meme that <laughs> says, like, science, you know, seeing if we can do it. And then humanities. And it has, like, a picture of, like, a T-Rex chasing a guy. And it says, humanities, <laughs> questioning if we should do it. So... <laughs> yeah, I think we could do it. The question is, should we? <laughs> uh, well, th- to answer that, back, yes. If we do bring the dinosaurs back and they're on an island that's about to erupt because, lo and behold, there's a volcano there all of a sudden. Um, Let's not put them on a volcanic island. Let's start with that. <laughs> that makes sense to me. If a natural disaster is going to wipe them out, let's just... Be aware that, you know, 65 million years ago, they kind of had their time, right? Okay, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if there's a disaster, who's going to save the day? Well, I'll tell you who's going to save the day. Moving on. third Batman. (laughs) Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren has saved Ben Affleck's son's birthday. Woo! Woo! So so Kylo Ren has saved... Oh, I just had a brain fart. What is the name of Bruce Wayne's son in the comics? Uh, he, he, he's, he plays Robin. Uh, like, he, oh my word! I can, I can, I can see him. Damian Wayne. There we go. Oh my word! I'm. Uh, Kylo Ren has saved Damian Wayne's birthday. That's the way to put that. Anyway, see, you're forgetting DC Comics already. Oh, I forget everybody's name. It doesn't matter <laughs> if I if I've known them for 18 years or whatever. Anyways, Ben Affleck is making the rounds to promote his new movie, The Way Back, which also stars Adam Driver, aka Kylo Ren. Well, Affleck was on the Jimmy Kimmel live show and shared a, a, a real heartwarming story about how Ben Affleck, being a divorced dad, uh, really wanted to spend uh, his time with his son on his birthday and get him a bunch of birthday presents, but uh, there was a mishap. But Adam Driver, a.k.a. Kylo Ren, saved the day. So let's take a listen to them talking about that. It's pretty heartwarming. 
<laughs> so you're, you're my son. Oh son? yeah, your son. No, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was an interesting thing because I I've been doing this movie in France, as I said, mm-hmm. and uh, but uh, <laughs> like one of the things that is really important to me is like you know I'm in a split, you know I'm in a divorced dad. I get certain you know half the time with my son, and I it's really you know it's his birthday, it's his birthday. Oh, so I said to them like I'll do whatever the schedule needs, but like the 27th, I got to be in LA. So, you know, they set it up where I was kind of shooting right up till the 27th, and I had to scramble and drive and room and get plane and boom and land, and, and I was going to land right in time for his, for his birthday. And uh, we had uh, this present set up, and everything was getting shipped and sent, and I was going to pick it up and go to a surprise party. And uh, so I got really, you know, and, and I got uh, my son. My son knows that I do movies that are kind of fake, and his mom does movies, and that's all pretend. Mm-hmm. But he also knows that Star Wars is real. <laughs> he knows there's guys out there fighting the emperor and that like that job needs to get done and i can do my fake Man. and uh, you know some people can do an important job so i told him like i'm actually in this movie with kylo ren oh right and his okay. mind like opened in two like he just he was like but dad but how how do you know kylo are you, are you going to space <laughs> will you really have his lightsaber Good Kylo Ren. I'm like, yes, good Kylo, good Kylo Ren. Ren. Not the bad Kylo Ren. So I told Adam that, and he, he was a sweetheart, and, he, and I said, would you tape, like, a birthday video to my son? And he did. It was very kind, and I was, I was just thrilled, and I was on my way, took off to the airport, scrambled to the airport, get on the thing, go to the airport, fly from London all the way to L.A. It's 11 hours, whatever. Land, it's a little delayed. I'm running gun. I got to stop by my house, and then we're going to go to where the surprise party is, and I get to my house. I could see the look on the face of a guy who works with me. And he was like, I said, where are the presents? And he was like, they didn't get here. Oh. So I had to show up to, you know, my son's party. With, with no nothing, presents. With no gift yeah, for him. that's bad. And it was like this sort of sinking, awful feeling, you know. And, um, and then he goes, but... There is something I said, what? He said, well, Adam <clears throat> uh, heard you say it was your son's birthday. And so he called your assistant, got your address, and sent some presents and signed a card and a picture from Kylo Ren. Ooh. And I took those presents. Yeah. I, I went and, and I said, that surprise party. I saw my son, watched him open all his other presents. And I said, Sam, my presents uh, didn't get here on time. He said, but I did get a present from somebody who really wanted to make sure you had a gift. And he was like, who? And I said, Kylo Ren. <laughs> he was like, and they took, I mean, it was, I, he opened the presents. I played him the video of Kylo Ren. And, me, and it was like, you know. What's better than that? It was an that? incredibly moving and powerful moment. Like, yeah. Adam made me a hero to my kids. Oh. And I will never, ever, how do you ever rep- forget. How do you repay that? <laughs> I, I, I tell you what. I, so now we know that Kylo Ren is buttering up Batman before he comes and takes over the Earth. <laughs> Or, or, or is he buttering up uh, Batman to get him to join the dark side of the Force? Mm. I don't know. But I mean, that's a sweet, heartwarming story. That, that is a such that that story actually reminded me. So, um, I'm a big fan of The Good Place, and The Good Place has their own podcast. And there was a similar story that one of the actors talked about with Kristen Bell, where they said that 
their daughter was absolutely in love with Frozen. And so they had asked Kristen Bell if she would just like call. It wasn't the actors. I think it was one of the producers actually. But like if Kristen Bell would just call on their daughter's birthday and she did. And she was like, it's Princess Anna. And he just talked about how his daughter just went crazy and was over the moon. So I... These things that actors do for each other and their children, and especially for the children, I'm like, you you give me hope in the world again. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I had kind of a uh, not 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 necessarily a similar one, uh, a similar moment, but I, but I had a moment that was kind of like that because my uh, my brother's friend, I don't think I've ever really told this before, but my, my brother's friend growing up. Uh, just happened to be the nephew of uh, a Lucasfilm employee. And and that Lucasfilm employee was uh, pretty close to George Lucas and worked with him all the time. And uh, it just happened to be uh, around my birthday. And my brother, Colin, who sometimes comes on the show, we haven't had him in a little while. He's moved to Texas. But anyways, um, he, uh, he was able to tell his friend that I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And when I was about, oh gosh, I want to say I'm about 15 years old, George Lucas sent both Colin and I a a, a little uh, picture of, of George Lucas back in the 80s, surrounded by like Ewoks and, and C-3PO and R2-D2. And it, and it says, um, to Austin, may the force be with you, George Lucas. Yeah, it's just, and it came as a complete and utter surprise. And I'm pretty much, I'm, I'm pretty sure like I ran around the house, jumping all over the place, freaking out. Uh, cause it, it was literally completely unexpected. So, so, so Kylo Ren saved the day, uh, real heartwarming story. Yeah. Take care of the kids. They, they deserve, uh, some fun time, but I think it's, uh, I think it's about time we, uh, talk a little bit of, uh, Harry Potter fandom. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park. You know, you can't you can't talk Harry Potter <laughs> without having this going on. So my first question really is to Jekka. And when did Pottermore go away? Okay, wait, wait, wait. First off, what is Pottermore? <laughs> so, okay, so Pottermore was this website that J.K. Rowling created for the fans. It was, it's considered the official Harry Potter website. So Pottermore, um, it had, like, the official sorting hat. So, like, you take a quiz, it sorts you. You take another quiz and it gives you like what your wand is, like your wand length, the blood type, and the form. And then recently, they also, when uh, with the introduction of Fantastic Beasts, where you find them, the, you can also get placed into Open Line, which is the American Wizarding School. And um, also with that, you can find out what the Patronus is as well. So that was part of work. Honestly, it was a surprise to me. When I was looking at the notes for this podcast, that it is now Wizarding World, I was like, what? I don't know what that means. So, I went to Wizarding World first when I was doing research, 
I was like, okay, I'm getting lots of stuff. I'm gonna go check out Pottermore. And then it just redirected me back to where I already was. Yeah, no, when because when I saw that, that like Pottermore is now Wizarding though, I was like, what? So I typed in Pottermore and sure enough, Wizarding World came on. I went to sign in because I have a Pottermore account and I felt like, like, so <laughs> when Pottermore first started, I signed up for it. It was really cool. And then I kind of stopped being on it for a few years and I was like, oh, I should get back on it. So I got back on it and they had changed it. They just tweaked it a little bit. So I had to kind of like not sign up again, but just kind of renew my account again. So I was like, okay, I had to do it a second time. This time I had to renew my account a third time. And it was yeah. almost tricky because it asked for my email. And I was like, um, I know my username is Silver Moonstone Zero. <laughs> like, I don't know what email I use. Luckily, it was my official one, so my usual one. So I'm like, okay. But yeah, I was just like, wow, I had to kind of reactivate my account for a third time now. And and there's a lot of stuff on it now. I'm kind of like, whoa, this is a lot. <laughs> it's a little overwhelming. <laughs> Ugh, I'll just stick with the book. <laughs> so that was just really surprising to me because I know that it's been a big deal of what is your house and you can't have an official house unless you've signed up on Pottermore and they give you your official house. Yeah, yeah, you take the quiz and it places you in it. Just to explain to Austin how important Pottermore <laughs> is. <laughs> Go Slytherin. Yeah. Oh, you're Slytherin? I am. Yeah, I was so surprised. So when I took the test or the quiz and it placed me in Slytherin, I was like, what? No. And then I read it because it gives you a description of Slytherin House and like a more detailed description than what you get in the books. And as I was reading, I was like, yeah, no, that is me. <laughs> driven honey um misunderstood like a snake and i love snakes i i worked at uh i worked with exotic animals and i have a pet lizard so i'm like snakes are my favorite and i was like yeah no okay this makes sense so you know slytherin pride i love it i just don't like the idiots that give it the bad name (laughs) so i love slytherin house and when i went to go take the pottermore quiz i was fully expecting to be put in slytherin because anytime I play an RPG, I'm the rogue, I'm the cunning one, and it put me in Ravenclaw. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because my everyone in my family has taken the quiz, and me and my dad are the only ones not in Ravenclaw. Everyone else in my family is Ravenclaw. My dad is Gryffindor, and I am Slytherin. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so so well, which which one do you think I would be in? I I haven't taken. You're a Hufflepuff. It. I'm a hu- Hufflepuff. You're a Hufflepuff. <laughs> Why am I a Hufflepuff? Just to poke you because you have no idea what I'm calling you. I know what you're calling me. <laughs> I'm not that dense. He's a Muggle. <laughs> he could be a Muggle. <laughs> oh come on! I'm not that dense. I'm I'm Ravenclaw. That's what I am. Why are you Ravenclaw? Yes. <laughs> he is that dense. Oh my gosh. That's I'm Ravenclaw. <laughs> I'm Ravenclaw because you said I was Ravenclaw like, I don't know, years ago. <laughs> so so what what what's going on in the Harry Potter fandom? The book okay. the books are like done, right? right They're yeah. the the movies are done. So let's go down to what is all currently in the expanded universe because it's not done. Oh, yeah. all right. So much. So first we have the first seven Harry Potter books, and then we have the Cursed Child play. I really need to go out and buy the screenplay so, for that. So that the, that the is script. 
that is a sequel to all of the books. And, and Harry Potter is an adult at this point, right? And yes. he has his own kids and they're yes. going off to uh, Hogwarts and all that stuff. Yeah. Why? Okay. My question is, why is this a play? Why is it not a, a book turning into a movie? Uh, that doesn't make sense to me. You'd think, I mean, this is like a gold mine for for any, you know, Hollywood studio. Uh, so why is it a play? I mean, do you guys know? I have no idea. I don't know either, but I will say this. Like, I liked The Cursed Child. I, 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 I was actually in Italy visiting friends when it came out, and I was like, I got to get myself to any bookstore so I can get it in English. And I managed to find a bookstore selling it in English in Italy. So, yeah, that, that was a fun adventure. Well, the, 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 the screenplay. Yeah. The screenplay. Well, it's not the screenplay. It's just the No, it is the, the script. script. Yeah, it's the script. So you can read the script. Um interesting does it have but um does it have descri- description of like the scene or is it just literally like all the uh the lines all the actors would be saying it does have like descriptions in it. it's not detailed like you would expect in the book but it's enough to be like oh they're at hogwarts they're in this room they're here's what this looks like but the thing about the cursed child is like when i first read it i absolutely loved it and then i read it again and i realized like I was just craving more Harry Potter that I loved it. But the second time around, I I realized it kind of felt like a fan fiction in a way. So I think that's why it probably, like, to me, I feel like that may be why it's not a movie and it's still a play is because it feels very much like a fan fiction. Um, Okay. But that's how I feel. Why? Um, Was was J.K. Rusty talking the the Wizarding World? I I don't think she was Rusty it wasn't I haven't in read it yet. her. So it wasn't written by her. She was a consultant for oh. someone else wrote so it. it. She did consult them because the whole premise of the story, and this is a spoiler alert if anyone hasn't read it yet, but it follows Albus. So Harry's son, Albus, it follows him and Scorpio, who is Draco's son. And it follows them. And there's this rumor that Voldemort had a daughter or a Bellatrix. Yeah, like a daughter or a child or something and they're trying to bring back Voldemort kind of thing but the thing I liked most about the cursed child was it tied a lot with Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire with the Triwizard Tournament and that was my absolute favorite book of the Harry Potter book so so that's why I really enjoyed it because it was like tying back into that storyline it was really good okay reason but did you hear about the oh sorry no, I was going to say, but it did. It was very fan fiction kind of thing. Okay. All right. So th- then there was the big presentation of Harry Potter and a history of magic that was a traveling display. I heard about that, but I oh, I should have looked up more about that. But I, I heard about so, it. I heard they were making like some documentary series about it. They made a. So we talked about. So 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 what is it? It's like a little traveling museum kind of thing. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like where where where's it popping up at? At museums, yeah, malls, at museums. Are they just showing off like a lot of the the movie props or something? Probably. I I didn't look too far into oh, okay. it. Right. Um, when I looked at the Harry Potter Potter a Journey through the ebooks, there are four different um basically textbooks of what Harry Potter would have had as textbooks. Oh really? So it's it's as if you're a student at Hogwarts. 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 Yes. <laughs> And, and so that's what the uh, the ebooks are through. We we kind of talked about those. Okay, that's kind of cool. Um, so so that's like the that's like the ultimate uh, LARPing live action role playing uh, t- 
tool there. Ooh, we can have those and we can take you on to a Quidditch field and have you play some Quidditch. I would dominate everyone. Anyways. Okay. So then there's the Tales of Beetle Bard. Which is which is what? Um Is that, that a book? It is um wizard a wizard fairy tale. And it's okay. a book. So um you can also get Sorry, what? go on, Miranda. I'll let you finish, then I'll explain it further. Okay. So um then there's Quidditch through the ages. Oh, I think she wants to talk about Tales yeah, of... Yeah, that's... She okay. was letting me finish up. Um, you can actually buy Tales of Beetle Bard, Quidditch Through the Ages, and Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, all in a uh, book set. Yeah, so... Anyway, so you're going to explain it. Okay, so I was going to explain Tales of Beetle Bard. So Tales of Beetle Bard actually is introduced in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. So it is the... Uh, a small book it's a it's a fairy it's pretty much like the fairy tale the fairy tale book for wizards so as hermione explains like where muggles we grew up hearing about cinderella beauty and the beast sleeping beauty that sort of thing tales of beetle the bard are those fairy tale stories that wizards grow up reading and it's actually it's the dumbledore's original copy he leaves for hermione in his will and in it has the Deathly Hallows, the story of the the tale of the three brothers, which is where the Deathly Hallow, Deathly Hallows revolves all around. So, so after the and if you would like to came out, oh sorry, yeah, after the seventh book came out, J.K. Rowling actually wrote the tales of Beetle the Bard so that like we could have our own copy and enjoy them. And there will be an illustrated uh, illustrated version available in October. So, so how how, how many uh, Fantastic Beasts books? Are there none? There's none. Oh, sorry. There, there is the textbook that Newt Scamander was supposed to have written. Yeah, and that, that that's out write. there. Yeah, and that's where the these movies are based off of the Fantastic Beasts. They're movies. based off of the life of Newt Scamander, who wrote the textbook for Harry Potter. Okay, so 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 these are like completely brand new stories that are being made up, but they're not pre-written anywhere. It's just his book that he created yes. as the author yes so, so they're they're filling in some gaps so the fantastic beasts and where to find them book it's a very thin book and what it is is it mimic it's like harry potter's actual textbook from the the book series um what's really i highly recommend if you haven't like gotten it and read it it's very short um but it's really fun because J.K. Rowling like mimicked Harry, Ron, and Hermione's handwriting, like as if they made little notations on some of the animals. <laughs> like when it talks about the Acromantulas, the giant spiders, um, Ron had like they have a rating system on how dangerous they are, and five X's means very dangerous. And for the Acromantulas, Ron's handwriting is showing like a ton of X's added on to it. And like, <laughs> really great, just like the annotations from those three main characters in the book. So good. Highly recommend getting that book and reading it. It's a joy. But yeah, the movies are kind of based off Newt Scamander and his love for animals and wanting to educate the new world about them. The 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 first the first Fantastic Beast movie was I enjoyed it. It was good, but the 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 second one had a really awesome opening scene with uh, Johnny Depp basically escaping a magic j- jail whatever but uh from from the horse carriage but the uh the movie kind of fizzled out towards the end so so i know there's another fantastic beast movie coming out and, and so that's actually where we get to the delay because it was supposed to come out this year the third 
the third one. Okay. So they have they started filming it? Um, they haven't started filming yet. Um, what it is is J.K. Rowling wrote the first and second Fantastic Beasts scripts all by herself. And because the second one fizzled, they had Steve Cloves, who wrote all of the Harry Potter movies except for number five. And he had her, co- had they had him co-write it, the script with her. The, the third one. The third yeah. one. Okay. Steve Cloves is going, with J.K. Rowling, they're going back over and they're just, they're tweaking the third script because they they don't want to have what happened with the Crimes of Grindelwald. Um, Crimes, of, Crimes of Grindelwald was actually like criticized by many of the fans as well as the critics. And so they just want to make sure that they get this third one right because I guess from... I guess they're going to be doing like diving even deeper into the story between Grindelwald and Dumbledore and they don't want to mess it up kind of thing. So um, they acknowledge that JK Rowling's a very good writer, but they want someone who's more like, who's just as skilled, but like in the, in writing screenplays to help her out with this. Yeah. I mean, and that makes sense. I mean, um, you know, it's, 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 it's writing, but it's in two different mediums. Uh, so you'd want, you want somebody who's perfected the, the movie portion of it. But, you know, I, I heard that part of the reason why, uh, they might bring this guy in, you guys are sparking all these things I've I've read over the years is that if they don't, if this third one doesn't work, they're not going to be making any fourth or fifth or anything. The the plan was for five. Yeah. From what I've heard. Yeah, was to so, five, bring it all up to when like Grindelwald gets defeated and Voldemort starts to come into power. Or excuse me, he must so, not be named. So why? So why is why is it delayed? Why why haven't they not started? So the delay was in part by the writing and basically rewriting the script. No, that's not what you told us hold earlier, on, Amanda. Hold on, that's one part, <laughs> and the other part is. They are. They were waiting for partly Johnny Depp's availability due to his lawsuits going on. And what, what kind of lawsuit is that? Um. Okay. So there's a defamation lawsuit, <laughs> and there's a lawsuit against against. I believe it's against specifically Amber Heard. Who, and, who's his girlfriend? No, right? it was. It's his ex-wife. His ex-wife. Okay. And so it's a he said, she said of. She accused him of abuse. He said it's all fake. She was actually abusing him. And, and and there's a lot of evidence that says that she's abused him, right? There is evidence that shows that she abused him. Yes. Yeah. And so that... I don't want to get into that part, but <laughs> the his first lawsuit starts this month. And so I think they'll probably start filming after the first lawsuit. And then they have to finish filming oh, by his second lawsuit, which is in August. Oh, man. So, yeah, he has those two court dates that they have to film around. Oh, man, that's crazy. And, and they're expecting week-long lawsuits, like weeks. Long. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh... I know that a lot of people are kind of hoping that Johnny Depp will drop out of Fantastic Beasts, where to find them. They're... A lot of people are not big fans of him as playing Grindelwald. Um, but he is like, they, yeah, they have assured that he will continue to play Grindelwald. I personally am kind of like torn about that because I think Johnny Depp, I like the fact that Johnny Depp is like in the Harry Potter field now. But I really liked Colin Firth from the first one. He did a great job as Grindelwald. <laughs> but so, yeah. Well, 
we'll just have to wait and see. Um, <laughs> so we, we'd have a different Grindelwald in every single film if Johnny Depp dropped out? Yes. Well, maybe they could get Colin Firth back, but um, that would be the hope there. Um, I, I make no opinion. I kind of, I'm... As long as the third one's good and yeah, it's better that, than the second one. Yes. That's 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 where we're at. Yeah. As long as the third okay. one kind so, of wraps up that, like, kind of picks, I don't know, fixes the second one, so to speak. We do have a release date for it, which is November 12th, 2021. Okay. So that's what's the important thing. So a thing year there. and a half away from now. And they're supposed to be starting production probably in April, is going to be my guess. Yeah. There's it's just spring for them. Yeah, they're they're planning on starting this year to start production. And so the real question is Oh yes, oh, go ahead. Sorry. The real question is will Daniel Radcliffe come back as Harry Potter? Because apparently a lot of people um, someone was asking him about it. And his response was, I don't think so. I don't like to say no to things, but it's not something I'm rushing to do. I feel like those films have moved on and they're doing just fine without us. I'm happy to keep it that way. I like what my life is now. I'm not saying that I'll never go back into any franchise, but I like the flexibility I have with my career now. And I don't want to get into a situation where I'm signed up for one series for years in advance. What's his current series that he's doing? Well, uh, I don't know. He's got like, it's, he's got some guns like melted to his hands or something. So what was that? Oh, I'm trying to look it up real quick. Um, Cause it was um, it's, it's really interested in seeing, cause it looks funny. Um, he played an angel in the first one. The second oh. series, he's playing um, this really idiot son of a king. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking. Oh, that one. Is that a movie series? I thought it's it was a TV a, series. It, yeah, it's a TV series on Hulu. Yeah. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I don't, I don't know the name of the TV show off the top of my head. Uh, it looks silly. It looks it, really funny, actually. Yeah. Um, but... Not finding it. I just had to mention serious because I thought it was funny the way that that well, was. Well, I mean, I mean, seriously, why? I out of everything we've talked about, the the one thing that gets me the most excited is the cursed child, the play that should be turned into a movie. Bring Radcliffe back for that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because he he'd be the age of uh, an old older Harry Potter. I mean, he'd actually look. Better than he did in the uh, the end scene of the last film. It, is Neville in the Cursed Child? I haven't read it yet. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I think he is. All I can say is you can't have it where the dorky. Well, I, I guess it would be fitting. The dorky kid from high from school turns out to be hotter than you. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, teens <laughs> are the best. <laughs> especially Malfoy versus um, Neville I know as Austin's just over here going I have no idea what you're talking about yes (laughs) oh I do have to say this one plug about Neville it goes back to the Pottermore website Um, but in the Wizarding World website there's this feature where you can like walk through the store like explore the storyline they have like different pictures and you just kind of click on things and the fun thing about that, at least when I was, when I first got in Pottermore, is it will give you fun facts about characters and backstories. And the coolest thing, like, I just remember this of everything, but it was so cool because um, there's this little 
part where it does the sorting hat ceremony. Uh, you go to this screen and it's the sorting hat ceremony from the first book. And it talks about Neville's sorting story. So to kind of refresh any memories, because it's been that long, especially for me. But in the first Harry Potter book, when they're all getting sorted, when Neville Longbottom sits, like puts the hat on, he's actually under the hat for a long time. And Harry thinks that like, oh, it took so long to decide where to send, where to place Neville. Well, in actuality, the sorting hat immediately placed Neville Longbottom in Gryffindor, but Neville didn't feel like he belonged in Gryffindor because he wasn't brave enough to be Gryffindor. So he argued with the hat and tried to convince the hat to place him in Hufflepuff, but the hat would not. And in the end, Neville said, okay, fine, you could put me in Gryffindor. And then the hat placed him in Gryffindor. But he like fought with the hat for several minutes. And I was like, that is so cool because you don't realize how amazing Neville is. Well, you actually see a glimpse of how brave he can be in the, at the end of the first book when he stands up to Harry, Ron, and Hermione. But then you see yeah. more of that later on with the Dumbledore's army, uh, the Half-Blood Prince, and then finally with the Hogwarts when he's pretty much like <laughs> leading the resistance against the Caros. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, I just, I, I love how expansive it is. Have you joined a Quidditch League yet? That's the question I want to know. I have not joined the Quidditch League. Is that something you do? <laughs> I, you I, can totally join. There, there are Quidditch Leagues where you can go play Quidditch. Yeah, I will say so, I did play Quidditch in middle school when the second book came out for my popcorn reading club. We read Harry Potter and Chamber of Secrets, and then we actually were put in teams and we played Quidditch. And I was a chaser for Ravenclaw. That was very cool. Yeah. So I have so, a certificate that I participated in um, Payson Middle School's Quidditch tournament. So so do you guys remember how you got introduced to Harry Potter? Like, like t- tell me about that. I, I'm actually curious. Like, like r- roughly how old were you guys? Or, or how, how did you how did you how did you become a Harry Potter fan, basically? Do you guys remember? I remember. Jacka, do you uh, you want to go first? Oh, I was going to say, I have to look up a date so you can go first. <laughs> okay. Right. I don't remember the date. I just, I was in high school and one of, um, I think it was uh, my freshman or, ju- or, or sophomore year in high school. And my English teacher recognized I wasn't going to read any of the books on the syllabus because <laughs> they were stupid. And she's like, hey, if you're going to be reading in my class and not reading what you were supposed to, you should read this. And she loaned me a copy of Harry Potter. Oh, that is funny. Okay. Which 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 book was the it, first one? It was or? the first one. And so then I went and I looked up the next ones and I reserved them at the library. And the funny part is, is the third book came in first, but I didn't notice it was the third book. So I read it all the way through and there were some confusing parts, but not that much. And I realized when I went to go pick up the next book, when it came into the library, I'm like, oh, this was the second book. I've already read the third one. That's funny. And then I understood some of the things that happened to um, <laughs> to Hagrid in the third book that I hadn't understood before. That, that's kind of cool. That That's a pretty cool teacher. Uh, actually, you have a lot of stories like that. <laughs> knowing you over all these years 
the, the teacher's trying to get you to read one book, and you're like, nah, I'm just going to read uh, this or Crepuscula, which is the Spanish version of Twilight. Yeah, that, that was just that was just funny. That one's funny, but <laughs> but 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 knowing you, uh, that 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 sounds exactly like how you would get introduced to Harry Potter. Is that, that that's pretty funny? What about you, Jackie? How, how did you become a Harry Potter fan? Where, where did where did you first learn about Harry Potter? All right, yes. So I had to look at the date because it's like important to the timeline. So I don't exactly remember when I first read the when I read the first book, I just know that it was, um, so my mom pr- helped out a lot at my elementary school's book fairs. And so when the first book came out, she bought it um, because she kept hearing so many things about it. And at that time too, I was hearing like, oh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, like it's really good. But there was a lot of controversy because people were like freaking out about witchcraft and all that stuff. And <laughs> Oh yeah. Back in the day, I remember that. Yeah. And I don't know what it was. I know my mom had it on the bookshelf for a while and I was just bored and in need of a book. And so I picked it up and started reading it. And I just remember like the first few chapters, I was like, okay, all right. Like this is, uh, you know, all right, this is enjoyable. And then like, I just got sucked into it. And as soon as I finished it, I was like, mom, is there another book? And we looked it up and found out that the second and third book was out so my mom bought those two and I read them really fast and this had to have been like sometime in 2000 because the fourth book had just been released and I got it as a gift I think I got it for my birthday but I don't remember it's either for my birthday or some other holiday but like my grandma gave it to me as a gift and I read the fourth book in three days like I <laughs> I, I I call it submerging from the book or not submerging, emerging from the book. Like I only emerged to go to the bathroom and get something to eat. <laughs> Mom hackled me about it. But yeah, I just remember like I read one, two and three really quickly. And then I was able to move right on to the fourth book because it had already been released. And then of course, with how the fourth book ends, I was left dying because JK Rowling had just barely started writing book five and it wasn't going to be released for like two years. And it was just like so my, years. <laughs> my funny story for a Harry Potter re- um, book release was um, book number six. And that book was released. I think the day before I was supposed to speak in front of my um, congregation at church. And I spent the whole night reading the book. And so <laughs> I got up. Um, I had been told I needed to speak about certain things. So I, I I followed the exact list of what they told me to talk about. And then I sat down because I had done nothing but read Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... When it was with the fifth book, I was so anxious to just stay home and read it that I had this like little bracelet thing I would I, I took with me when I would go to church and I would just sit there and play with it because my mom would not let me take any like I wanted to bring Harry Potter with me and she's like, no, we're at church. We gotta listen. So I, I had this <laughs> bracelet that I fiddled with just to keep my hands still because I was just so anxious to just get up and run home and just resume reading Harry Potter. <laughs> Yeah, I learned my lesson with uh, so after reading that in three days with five, six, and seven, I made myself read slower. 
Um, I managed to read those in five days instead of three. So I feel very proud. (laughs) I did a good job. I I dragged it out as long as I feasibly could. But yeah, so. All I'm going to say with book six was the fact that they made Dumbledore's funeral a chapter heading, basically. Oh, like my brother was flipping through it when we first got the book so he could find out how many pages it was. And he, as he paged through it, he's like, oh, someone dies. And then he's like, he like, everyone all of a sudden around him knew Dumbledore dies. And I'm like, how could you do that? You, you, you don't put it in the chapter heading. Uh, yeah, really? That yeah. happened to my mom. She was reading book six and, and she was like, you know, she, she reads when she can have time, but it kind of, you know, takes a long time. And this, she was at the pool or something, and this kid walked up to her and said, oh, what are you reading? She's like, oh, it's the sixth Harry Potter book. He's like, oh, cool. Have you gotten to the part when Dumbledore dies? And my mom, she like yelled at him. She was like, get away right now. (laughs) She was so mad at him. (laughs) Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, you you gotta binge those books before you get the spoilers. Oh, oh man. That, that's the problem with these large books that, that when you're in that fandom, you have to read those like in one night or everyone's going to spoil it. Yeah. Oh, another funny story. So when the seventh Harry Potter book came out, this is how much of a bookworm I am. Um, so when it came out, I the next day I was sitting in our living room and I was reading it and my mom was heckling my younger brother to do something for her and he didn't want to do it and she kept bugging him bugging him and he was like why can't you ask Jekka to do it she's right there and then oh I was so proud of this moment my mom she shouted back Jekka's reading Harry Potter I asked you to do it (laughs) 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 my mother knows Uh, what disturbed me while I'm reading (laughs) oh oh, man wonderful that's funny it's it's fun to reminisce about uh, about our fandoms. Absolutely. Anything else we should talk about before wrapping it up tonight? Anything no. else? We good? All right. Jekka, we're good? Anything I, else? I want to say one more thing. I, yeah. Harry po- it took me a long time to realize this, but Harry Potter is by far my favorite book series. And the reason for that is because I have read the books, no joke, probably at least 10 times in order the the first one through three many more than ten times, and every time I close book seven, I want more. I just love it so much. I can't get enough of it. Like the cursed child to me is like my rebound book. It's like I need Harry Potter. Oh, there's the cursed <laughs> child. I'll read the cursed child, even though it's not. Uh... It's kind of slakes my Harry Potter thirst. But yeah, every time I finish book seven, I just want it all over again. And it took me a long time to acknowledge that that was my absolute favorite book series because I can read it over and over again and I still love it. Awesome. Well, folks, thanks so much for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. Please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. Subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you find us. Tell your friends about us. Hey, next week, we're going to be talking a little X-Men Rewind. That's right. We're going to reminisce on the original 2000 X-Men film. So between then and now, watch that X-Men film. Leave us 
a voicemail or, or shoot us an email of your thoughts on that X-Men film. Just, you know, we want to reminisce together. You can leave us a voicemail with your thoughts at anchor.fm slash supernerdpodcast. Uh, and you can email us at supernerdpodcast at gmail.com and you just might be featured on the show. You can even leave us uh, your thoughts by finding us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search Super Nerd Podcast. Give us a like, give us a share, and let us know what you think about the first X-Men film. But hey, from all of us at Super Nerd Podcast, stay nerdy, my friends!